Hey everybody and welcome to episode 15 of West New York Brews, the West New York Beer and Brewing Podcast. My name is Scott, I'm a home brewer just outside of Buffalo, New York, and today we are recording on location at Beerology. It just started, the VIP time is going on right now. I'm going to be bringing you an episode today from Clay Keel from 42 North. He is the new co-host of WNY Brews. We're going to find out all about his background, and we'll get some interviews with people here at Beerology throughout the night. Look for that in episode 16. I am drinking on this episode a Creaker from Ithaca, and I got to tell you, it hit me at about 13 minutes in. So as you're listening, see if you can tell when that Creaker uh, got into the, the bloodstream, so to say. So... If you are drinking with us, we are opening up our beers in three, two, one. Um, so let's let's start it. Ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Theme song. Do, 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 do. All right. I am on with Clay. Clay, where where are you from? Originally, I'm from uh, the Tampa area, Tampa, Florida. And you were born in Tampa? I was born in Tampa, but I, I didn't stay there long. I left right after college and kind of traveled the country and a little bit of, little bit of the world. Now, my birthday is December 82, and I am not that I'm Facebook stalking you, but you, you're November 82, right? In in the 80s and 90s, I was this nerdy kid doing all sorts of music and um, and drama type stuff. I tried a couple of sports, not doing well at anything. What was your 80s and 90s like? <laughs> uh, I didn't anticipate this question, but you know, I uh, right. definitely a lot of a lot of Little League, nice, uh, and a lot of Super Nintendo. Um, <laughs> you know, a lot of uh, Manhunt in the woods. Uh, you know that kind of stuff, I guess. Super Nintendo. What what games do you have? Any anything good? <laughs> uh, you know, definitely a fan of the Mario Brothers franchise. Oh yeah, uh, Super, Super Mario Three, definitely the best in my eyes. <clears throat> you know, and uh, maybe a little bit of uh, some football, and I'm a sports game guy. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, yeah, <laughs> Mario Kart. I probably spent hours, thousands of hours on Mario Kart. What was the last console you bought? Oh, yeah, I got an Xbox now, uh, 360. 360, yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, I got the. I'm a, I'm a huge sports car fan, so I got the Formula One uh, racing game. I got some FIFA soccer, and so I, I still I still dabble. After the 80s and 90s, what you go to college for? Oh, good question. I um, I actually went to college, and um, I, my first day on campus, I was sort of uh, picked up by an army recruiter. Uh, to be in the Army RTC. So I sort of did that before I even decided what, uh, decided I was going to do that before I even decided on a major. So my major was criminology just because I was so focused on the uh, on the Army thing. Huh. But, uh, I thought, yeah, criminology is interesting, so I'll just do that since I'm going to go in the Army anyway. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it worked out okay, but I ended up having to go to college, uh, you know, quite a few years after that because I chose criminology when I was 18. How long were you in the Army for? Actually, still am as an Army Reservist. Um, 
I, I active duty, I was about seven years. So I did some, when I was in college, I was a reservist in the National Guard, and then I went in the active duty after college, and then uh, I've been in the reserves ever since I got off active duty in 2011. So uh, it's about 14 years at this point. 2011 is not that long ago. When you say active duty, where did you go? From 2005 to 2011, I was on active duty, and um, I was mainly stationed in Colorado Springs. Uh, spent a little bit of time in Texas, a little time in Washington State, a little time in Michigan, Detroit area. Uh, and I deployed for a couple of years in there in Iraq, but, um, yeah, so and the good thing about it is it, it's got me around the country and I got to see lots of different places and really get to know, kind of got into beer in Colorado when I was there living from, uh, from, you know, 05 to 2010. And Would that be your first experience into kind of getting into craft beer? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, Bristol Brewing Company in Colorado Springs. Um, pretty, pretty good. Um, back at that point, they were a little tin barrel place tiny little tap room maybe you could fit like 50 people um now it's a huge you know almost uh you know somewhere between elkaville and and uh, southern tier brewing company size uh place there in south Colorado springs but uh, making really good beer and it was nice you know kind of my first experience going to fill up a growler and and going there and tasting the beer on tap and having a flight and that kind of stuff it was it was really great that's great so I'm trying to piece together your background because I'm going to steal your identity after a couple of weeks. I just, I, <laughs> I'm putting together as much as I possibly can. And the make and model of your first car. Short up on So, all right. We'll say after active duty, 2011, what you do? I came out of active duty and uh, went to go work for my dad. And while I was in college, I sort of helped him transition from being just a blueberry farmer to a blueberry farmer and a winemaker. Um, so he was had the crazy idea to start a winery <laughs> and, uh, I sort of helped him, you know, make the first batches and I actually started a distribution company so we could sell it. Um, cause you couldn't own the winery and the distribution because three tier system, uh, it has to be a separate owner that actually has a, you know, each tier. So he was, he owned the winery. Uh, I am distribution company. So at, at 21 or 20, 22 years old, I was carrying cases of wine into liquor stores and trying to sell them. Um, so that was kind of interesting. But, uh, yeah, after, after the military, I, um, I went back to work for him and kind of his tasting room was kind of struggling. So I, uh, worked a little bit in the tasting room for the first year or two years that I was with him and, uh, you know, kind of got the tasting room working well and, um, we were putting on music and it's sort of a, sort of a country, you know, it's out in the country yeah. way out and maybe 20 miles from Tampa. So, um, sort of a little Napa Valley feel, uh, and, and, you know, out away from the town. So we had to get some, some musical acts in there and get some nightlife going out, out there and, um, started, started doing well with that and moving on. And a blueberry farmer. So like growing up, were you a blueberry farmer? Did you do that? Uh, no, I, well, he he planted the blueberries when I was maybe 12 years old. Uh, before that, he grew uh, plants and trees, you know, flowers and poinsettias and patience, uh, oak trees, palm trees, that kind of thing. We started making the wine when I was in college. So that was okay. back before I, went, before I went in the Army. So during the whole time I was in the Army, he was growing the winery and, and doing all that stuff. So by the time I came back in 2011, at this point, he was the third biggest winery in the state. Wow. He was making, he was making, uh, he was somewhere in the order of like 250,000 bottles a year, something like that. We were in all the grocery stores. We were in the Publix, which is kind of the white of Florida and Georgia. 
Um, so, it, you know, he was doing really well with it. Um, so, yeah, it, basically the idea was I'd come back and, and help him grow the business and run the business and that sort of thing. Huh. So, yeah, and, then, and you know, we had Jared on uh, the other day, and Jared and I worked together so that I could kind of learn, you know, full-scale wine production and, and fill in for him if something were to happen. Uh, and so... And I kind of got into the the wine and cider side with him to at least learn it on a level where I could fill in if something were to happen, um, and and that was really interesting. And then and pretty soon, not too much further after I got there, Jared and I started making beer, uh, just kind of homebrewing at the winery uh, in our spare time. What was the first thing you brewed? Something's telling me it was a pale ale, um, some kind of kit. You know, probably yeah. I, I, that that was probably well back when I lived in Colorado. You know, maybe ten ten years ago. All right. Um, yeah, yeah. There's probably a, a kit that I did on my stovetop. But <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah. So uh, with Jared, I don't really remember. So you're you're brewing at 42 North now. Between 2011 and 2016, what happened? Uh, I'm going to keep you on track. So. Um, <laughs> Going chronologically, or, I have to. Yeah, 2012 or so, we were uh, approached by Cigar City. Uh, Cigar City Brewing Company, they're Justin, who kind of does their uh, business operations side, business um, growth, um, approached us and said, hey, we want to do a cider. So at that point, we partnered with Cigar City and uh, started doing their cider at the winery. And kind of got to know them pretty well. Uh, got to know Wayne Lambles, their brewer, a little bit. Um, and, you know, started talking more and more about the beer. And, um, you know, we, we started getting more and more comfortable. We spent some time at their brewery. Uh, spent a lot of time at their tap room and a lot of time with, with some of their staff. And we, uh, we got more and more comfortable and thought, hey, you know what? We can, we can brew some beer and, and sell it in our tap room. And we, at that time, we had a pretty busy, uh, the winery had a very busy tap room. It was, it was, you know, seeing on average probably a thousand people a week. And, wow. and we were thinking, Hey, we can just make a little bit of beer and, and sell it out of the tap room. And, you know, it, it'll be out in the country, a little bit of farm to pint and, uh, kind of cool. So we, we kind of ran with that and then, uh, and went from there and we started, we, we said, Hey, well, let's go ahead and, let's go ahead and make a brewery. This is the Keel and Curly winery vino and brew. This is great. And a franchise. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah he's, he's franchising now, my father. Is this is phenomenal. Huh. Yep. Okay, I'm sorry. So back to Cigar City. We got into, uh, we decided to do the brewery, um, you know, the entire company, I should say, not just me or anybody else, but um, the entire company was thought about, hey, my father, myself, let's, we, could, we could do this, we could make some beer. Um, and, you know, my father has a very different business mentality uh, than I do. And sort of, you know, kind of went gung ho with it. Uh, when I was saying, "Hey, let's just do like a three barrel system," you know, we'll make a little bit of beer, serve it on top of the tap rooms, no big deal, et cetera, et cetera. Um, he went kind of all in, um, uh. brand new, full scale, seven barrel, and seven barrel system, so not too huge, but uh, seven barrel system, a number of seven barrel fermenters, a number of fifteen barrel fermenters, um, and and brewing beer. Um, and we, I, I want to say we first served, I mean, we were up and running making beer in the beginning of 13 or the middle of 13, but I don't think we served anything till a little bit later, um, maybe the fall of 13, mm-hmm. you know, basically just grew from there and, um, we were serving the tap room and we uh, made more and more and more. We got into distribution. We, uh, got into 
two different distribution companies, one out of Tampa, one out of Orlando, and we were in eight or ten counties at one point, adding more and more and more fermenters all within the first, you know, year or 18 months. Wow. Um, yeah, um, and, you know, I think at this point, they, since I, you know, since I came up here, they've added, uh, I want to say another four 15-barrel fermenters, and they're putting in a 30 right now. I just talked talk to uh, a buddy of mine down there, and, and they put in a 30, so... They uh, are really busy on that seven-barrel system. For people who are looking right now, it looks like you cannot ship it to New York. Not officially, I don't think. I mean, I, you know, <laughs> you could obviously, uh, you know, I, could have, I have friends that could take it to FedEx and ship it up here. I've been, I've been looking at it, trying to get it up here since, since I figured out where it was. And nope, it's not <laughs> letting me doing it. So, uh, well, I just recommend, I mean, everybody goes to Orlando once in their life, whether they like it or not. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah to go to Mickey land and, and all that stuff. And, you know, definitely if you're in Tampa, you're in Orlando, it's a great place to go because you get the wine side. It's a really cool venue. You get the beer side. There's, there's some beer to try. And, and Scott, the guy that, uh, that I pulled in and trained and, and, you know, is the brewmaster now, um, is doing an excellent job and he's making some really great beers. He, he's got like an Imperial ice box he's doing, which is really cool. Uh, just did some barrel aged ice block. Um, we didn't, we got, we have a uh, English IPA. They still serve an app that I developed down there. It's really nice. A couple, uh, a lager, um, a jalapeno porter, jalapeno blueberry porter, um, that they're, that they're, uh, serving. So they're making a lot of great beers. Okay. Does this make any sense? I, you, I know you're at 42 North. I can go down the street and buy beer that you have brewed, but I want beer from huh? Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. I'll, I'll, I'll bring you up some sometime. Next time I'm down there. Sorry, I've got a very good friend in Orlando. Uh, Perfect. Pe- people listening, uh, check out the Parks and Rec podcast. It's, it's a Disney and beer podcast, Parks and Rec. This one, a good friend of mine living in Orlando. I'm going to have him send me up some wine Excellent. Excellent. and some beer. All right, so the eventual transition to Buffalo. So anyway, I... Um I sort of met uh, one of the the lead kind of you know, I guess I'll say the brainchild of Forty Two North, and uh, we were chatting, and, and uh, I, I just really loved what I read about East Aurora and Buffalo, uh, and I came up here and visited, and I loved what I saw, and and the rest is history, I guess. So when did Forty Two North open? So Forty Two North opened in October of two thousand fifteen. That's not that long ago. That's that's four months. That's nothing. Yeah, right. We're, we're we're we can't even walk yet. Yeah, there's crawling. Some, some great beers out of Forty Two North after only four months. No, I appreciate that. It's a, it's a great team over there. We've really uh, we've really worked hard to to bring the right people in and then work together and and we're a family already after just uh, after just four months. No, I haven't had any of the food yet, but the food's good. Oh man, the food is incredible. We. Um, we were just lucky enough to get connected. That's the way East Aurora is, and even Buffalo probably. You know, we just my barber told me <laughs> that he needed getting he needed to talk to this other guy's hair that I cut. His name's Nate, and uh, his food's incredible. Um, so I did, and I said, "Hey, man, we're putting this brewery together, and you know, we need our food to be amazing. And we don't want to be a restaurant. We we never wanted to be a restaurant. We're not one. But even though we're just serving small plates and appetizers and that kind of thing, we still have to have." great food and um you know locally sourced uh, eclectic creative uh all the above and and uh, so i started talking to nate and i had to kind of convince him and his wife even though they were having a baby and you know starting their family and they both have other 
careers and I had to convince them to come on board and, and they've done an amazing job and the food is, is awesome and all locally sourced and there's just so many great places to, to get meat and eggs and uh, pickles and, and all that stuff in Buffalo. It's amazing. That brings us up to date. What would you like to be known for at 42 North? Oh, great question. Um, we, uh, you know, we're focusing on quality collaboration and authenticity. Those are our main um, principles. And so when I say that, you know, every style we make, every style that we, we you know, strive to, to perfect, we're doing it in an authentic manner. You know, we're doing it with the malts, the, the hops, the yeast, um, the water profiles that match that style traditionally from wherever it's from. And um, so we're not doing any flavor additions. We're not doing anything out there that, that it, it wouldn't fit the style. So that's authentic. Uh, we're making sure our quality is, is, is as best as, as humanly possible. And then we're, we're collaborating as much as possible with, with you know, the New York uh, maltsters, hop growers, uh, local restaurants, local bars, local whoever we can work with, other breweries, uh, local home brewers, local brew clubs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We're, so I think that's kind of what we're, we're trying to be is um, the place where you, you know you're going to get a quality, authentic beer, um, but a tasting room that is like a living room. That's like your your living room in Easter World. That's um, that's that's what we're striving to be. So I'm finishing up my creaker. Anything else you want to add? No, I don't think so. I mean, I um, you know I'm, I'm super excited to be uh, in Buffalo. I I um, and you mentioned earlier about the hey, why would you come here? But there's just mm-hmm. so much uh, mm-hmm. there's so much amazing uh, so many amazing things here and and when you come from places in Florida like Florida and Florida's getting so crowded and there's so many people and there's no seasons and (laughs) it's not it's not it's great for a vacation let's put it that way it's funny to hear that uh, all from the other side because everyone here we're like oh it's like a a big city with a small town feel and oh there's four seasons it's funny to hear it from the other side yeah and I tell people all the time the people are the biggest thing and it's and I didn't even realize that when I came up here. I'm not going to say that's the reason I came because I didn't. I, I didn't know enough to to realize it. But the people here are different, and you know it's hard to explain that because you know people that live their whole here their whole lives haven't lived somewhere else long enough to feel that. I guess. But City, uh, good neighbors, we know it. Yeah, gr- amazing, great neighbors. Everybody's got a lot of pride, a lot of hard workers, um, and and one of my one of my partners at 42 says all the time that. You know, all the weak ones have already moved south. So right. people that are still here are, you know, survival of the fittest. They're, they're really tough, like good people. Either either we move down south uh, when the snowblower breaks or it gets us through the winter and we wait until <laughs> next year. That's that's how it works, basically. I like it. I like it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Can I talk about uh, any, uh, any of our beers coming out or anything? Yeah, you got beers coming out? Yeah, so we, uh, we're doing uh, pretty soon. We have a release for our Enforcer double IPA. Mm-hmm. Uh, so really excited about that. We wanted to make sure it was uh, definitely a smack in the face. So um, it, it ended up at about 10% uh, ABV, about 105 IVUs. Nice, 10%. Um, so it's definitely a smack in the face. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's still pretty dry. So we, um, we, we you know, Typical sort of California ale yeast um, really dries it out, and um, but a, a ton of bitterness, a little bit of a little bit of extract in there, uh, hop extract, 
to get some some smooth smooth bitterness without getting a lot of the you know the hop plant matter flavor. Yeah. Um, Zeus and, and Chinook hops, so it's fair, a little bit of pine, a little bit of citrus in there, and then we dry hop with uh, with a little bit of Cascade, a little bit of uh, Waimea. So you get some of that sort of exotic uh, Southern Hemisphere fruitiness, but then still some of the conservative. Um, uh, citrusy, you know, from the Cascade grapefruit. Um, but yeah, just a, just a huge beer. If you know, our, our normal Borderland IPA is a little bit fruity, a little bit easygoing. People that don't necessarily like IPAs like the Borderland to, to that vein, the Enforcer is the complete opposite. Uh, so <laughs> it is, uh, it's big and it's bitter. And, uh, I, I, it's, uh, it's the ones I think the, uh, the, the, the hop, the hop heads are looking for. Um, yeah, then I'm excited. Other, to get our, other one is our uh, Russian Imperial Stout. We're calling it the Red Army Russian Imperial Stout. So this year we only made about ten barrels. We probably already sold uh, at various events and beer dinners and that kind of thing. A couple barrels, but we bottled mm-hmm. seven hundred bottles. Um, we've pre-sold already. I think like a hundred of them. But uh, we're looking at releasing that. I believe the last Friday in March. Uh, whatever that whatever that date is. I think it's twenty sixth of March. Um, so that's very authentic English style, uh, Imperial style, uh, lots and lots and lots of fruits and, uh, dark fruits and dark chocolate, uh, caramel, uh, coffee, all kinds of good stuff going on. So what's the ABV on that one? 13. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So that's a big one. So yeah, the bottles, uh, I actually, ha- I was, I was struggling. I think there's so much alcohol in there. We did bottle conditioning on it. And um, just with that, with that much alcohol in there, they didn't want to condition, especially, and I had them stored in the basement, which was about 60 degrees. Uh-huh. And uh, and they weren't moving. They weren't carbonating. I was getting really worried. So what I had to do was I took them and I forklifted the entire pallet and I put it up in a top rack of the warehouse. Hmm. Um, because the warehouse is heated with sort of like those garage heaters you would have in your house or yeah. a big warehouse, you know, with gas-fired garage fan and it blows the heat down. Well, the heat goes to the top of the warehouse. So the top of the warehouse is 75, 80 degrees. So, so I, uh, I just took the whole pallet of bottles, pulled it out of the basement, put it up at the top of the rack, and let it sit up there for about two months. And, uh, and now we finally got some really good carbonation, and, and they're aged about four months at this point. So um, That's something really, you, really, you have them in really bottles, nice though. That's stuff. something people could pick up and, and store in their basement for a while, right? Oh, yeah, that beer will be good for for a couple more years, no problem. And I think that's a great idea. I, I think beer hasn't quite gotten there yet, but it very much uh, could get there. Sort of like wine. When you, if you buy the if you buy the really young one, it's cheaper. I'm a, I'm a fan of Chef de Pop uh, wine from uh, you know one of the French wines. Yeah. And uh, that's if you buy that one, you know, within the last two years, it's a fifty dollar bottle. But if you try to buy it five to eight years old, uh, you're looking at a hundred to one hundred fifty dollar bottle. Which I can't really afford any of those, but uh, <laughs> sometimes they have them at Costco of all places uh, for like thirty-five bucks, and you got to buy that and then wait a couple of years. <laughs> I'm generally the other way around, where I'll buy something really hoppy and I have to drink it immediately. 2016, you can hear it in my voice. This one has hit me. Even a um, uh, Ithaca Flower Power. I mean, you got to you got to hit those pretty quick and drink oh, yeah. them fast because. If you pick up the flower power at the grocery store that's been there for 45 days, it's going to be a different beer. That's what I tell my wife. Like, I have to drink it. I'm sorry. I have to do this tonight. 
Me too. Me too. <laughs> Everybody, thank you for listening. That was Clay Keel. You're going to listen to him on episode 16 as well. And we're going to have people here from Beerology talking on the podcast on episode 16 of West New York Brews. If you could do me a favor, check out all the rest of the podcast at WNYBrews.com. And we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you. Because you can.